Okay, welcome to this, our third podcast, Timothy Put the Kettle On. I'm Timothy R. Andrews, and this is Sarah Cattell. Hello. I'm a consultant and involved in a number of hospitality projects. And I'm a chef working in restaurant management. In last week's episode, we talked about the future of hospitality. We had listeners from all over the world, including the UK, Poland, Holland, and the US. Thank you to everybody that listened and that shared our podcast. This is episode three, where we're going to be talking about food charities and how they have addressed the food crisis that came along with the pandemic. This week, we are delighted to have Kemi Akinola, CEO of Be Enriched with us. Welcome, Kemi. Hello. Hello. How, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So who are Be Enriched? We're a charity set up in 2013, initially as a youth organization supporting young people uh involved in or at risk of being involved in the criminal justice system what we have been doing up until recently is creating community meals where people come together who are at risk of uh, poverty or social isolation we cook a lovely meal with the volunteers volunteers cook a meal and very healthy one and then everybody sits down and eats it together and kind of making a lot of community, make, helping people to make connections and networks where otherwise they couldn't. So obviously the, the worst part about the lockdown for me was having to tell all these people that struggle to make connections due to ill health or age um, or finances that they could no longer come together to eat. And that was very difficult to them as well. A lot of them still continue to come to one of the churches that we were operating from on a weekly basis luckily i had some amazing chefs who would also just give them food when they came to the door so that was great emma you've not really had a break through lockdown at all have you there's been no furlough for you no time off no sitting watching netflix tell us about what you've been doing that's absolutely right sarah and to be honest i, I did that to myself because me and the team could have taken time off but as soon as we heard what was going on and we heard about we had stories from people who were struggling we knew that there was something that we could do so we took it upon ourselves we we took three days to think about it and then took it upon ourselves to reopen both the community projects that i run and uh, a cafe that I run with Brixton People's Kitchen and use them as emergency food distribution centres. So I think overall we sent something like 5,000 emergency food parcels out across the boroughs of Wandsworth and Lambeth in three months. It's amazing. It's incredible. Those numbers are pretty amazing. What inspired you to make the changes to be enriched during lockdown? I felt a moral obligation to support people because I could. I wasn't ill. I have access to a lot of food, um, building spaces, um, the will and support of, of volunteers and other team members. Food has always been, and lack of food, has always been a great passion of mine. I, uh, I, I campaign for everybody to have access to food at all times. So I couldn't imagine not doing anything in a time when you would walk to the supermarket and there would be nothing on the shelves. So I think that's why I felt I had to do something. Delivering 5,000 packages of food is quite a task. How did you manage that? 
lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> um, we had, we had, um, we worked in one borough. We worked with the local council to um, to source food, which was even in from warehouses and in bulk. That was really difficult to get hold of. So in one borough, we worked with them to source the food, and then in the other borough, we just bought loads of food <laughs> um, and using lots of surplus food there as well and planning and organization a million emails do you know i don't i'm not i'm not really sure how we did it but we just did lots of volunteers with cars lots of people doing walking deliveries uh people on bicycles on cargo bikes quite a few ubers as well and a horse and cart tell us about the horse and cart all the lols sarah all the lols <laughs> if there's anything um about a pandemic that really like makes you see the funnier side or um, makes you a bit more playful it, with the very seriousness of the pandemic um definitely was deliveries we were up most days at work at about eight o'clock um army of about about 25 volunteers every day so these are people who some of them were furloughed some of them just wanted to give back in some way up at eight and we'd do the last delivery at about 6pm I would say probably like three of the people there were being paid everybody else was a volunteer so um, that's like showing really incredible community spirit so in our three months we also did a, a TikTok <laughs> which you can see on our, our Facebook page which is amazing um, but it was something nice to, to take the um, to like break up the day but one day a local man with his horse and cart offered to do some deliveries to some of the children so if you can imagine um, a lot of these very young children had been locked up at home with their parents and maybe siblings and not allowed to go out so delivering one of these emer emergency boxes to them on a horse and cart was just quite incredible it's uh, like something out of a movie I just <laughs> the kids came out screaming the parents a lot of them, it's very strange, I think, to find, to see a horse, full stop, but a horse and cart in the middle of a housing estate. So it really brought a lot of the parents out. Um, you know, they got to stroke the horse, see a bit of nature, and we gave them their boxes. And it, you know, broke up a bit of the, of what was a really scary time. Um, How did that make you feel when you saw the way people reacted? Something about travelling by horse and cart, that just fills you with, like, this incredible sense of, like, I don't know, it's not really adrenaline, but it's it's like a different mode of arrival when you you kind of feel very regal arriving by horse. So I was already full of joy, to quote Marie Kondo. Um, I was full of joy. And then when the kids came out and they were really happy, like so happy, that's just the best feeling ever. I, mean, I think we could have given them like, I was going to say a toilet roll, but you know that was pretty scarce as well but we could have given them anything and they would have just been really happy to to see the um horse that was really nice kemi how do you source the food yes our food comes to us from a variety of sources we work with um city harvest soon also the felix project that specialize in collecting and delivering um surplus food from a variety of different sources um we work with a couple of local um wholesalers specifically those that do cultural foods like mangoes pineapples yams sweet potato good sweet potato 
we're about to set up a partnership with a local Jamaica, well, not local, the guy is from Jamaica, the farms he works with are in Jamaica, so it's that local, and a couple of farmers in, in Nigeria as well. And then um, we've got also some, um, uh, then we also just work with your general bog standard whole, um, wholesalers, because uh, people like cornflakes, but only if it's Kellogg's, and people will eat beans, but only if it's Heinz. We've, even in a lockdown, we've had to really think, like, just because people have not, not got enough money doesn't mean they shouldn't have the best quality of food. Did you have many hospitality people volunteer for you? We had a guy called Shiva, who used to be a Thai chef, but then moved into property consulting. We had a lady called Audrey, who was front of house at one of the Marriott hotels. And then we had this amazing superstar uh, executive chef from the Marriott called Jamie Welsh, who came and helped us out two days a week for most of the time. And he was just brilliant and we love him very much. Yeah. So Kelly, moving forward, I know that you have procured a bus. Can you tell us about the bus? Yes, I have. Two and a half years ago. And also, why did you ditch the horse and cart? (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, I love the horse and cart, but, you know, it's quite slow and you can't really carry that many many delivery boxes in it. Um, (laughs) When it rains, you'll get wet. Uh, Horses poo. They poo on the street. You've got to clear that up. That's not to be sniffed at. (laughs) (laughs) Although it was fun, I would definitely travel by horse again. It's not going to get me anywhere very fast. But in answer to your earlier question, about two and a half years ago, the Wandsworth Food Partnership, which my which Be Enriched um, convenes, um, and a couple of the food banks and other food aid organisers, with Feeding Britain, which is like this big organisation that's trying to improve access to food across the whole of Britain, as the name suggests, concocted an idea that we would buy a double-decker bus and convert it into a mobile greengrocer. But it has taken forever to get to the point where next week, at some point, we're going to pick up the keys. Um, we also, it was like, you know, we agreed the idea, then we had to secure the funding. Um, loads of people left in this two-year period. My project manager had a baby, so she's on maternity leave anyway. Uh, COVID happened as well, that very important thing. And yeah, it's really just, literally, we were just about to get the show on the road. And what it is, is a greengrocer on the bottom floor. So people can choose, you know, like a shop, what they would like. We're going to have a little um, cooking area. So our chef, Carl, can do some cooking demonstrations. And we might be able to do some food out of a hatch. And on the top level, we've got a cafe and seating area. So eventually when we can all sit down next to each other, we can have like nice meals up there. But for the minute, we'll probably just use that for uh, giving advice and people need to use the internet. They'll be able to sit up there and like do a CV or something like that. Uh, So very limited capacity. Anyway, it will be traveling from Enfield through to Wandsworth sometime next week. And Silver uh, says the food bus on it in case there's any doubt what it is. That's incredible. And where do you plan to drive the food bus to? Uh, Battersea, 
Tooting and Roehampton will almost take up all of the week as it is. Wow. Um, so we're probably just going to keep it in Wandsworth for this year at least. It will be on our website www.be-enriched.org. Amazing, we'll look out for that. So Kimmy, what kind of advice might you give somebody who's either been working in hospitality or is afraid of where um, their career might go? I think that there are lots of opportunities for people to use their skills. Although I know a lot of uh, restaurants were closing down, they are very slowly reopening. There are some places that have shut down. But then I see a lot of opportunists who are using this as a as a springboard to open up new food businesses so I, I would say keep your eye out looking for that sort of job i mean from my, my organization for example we are probably one of the few uh, food charities and my social enterprise bricks and people's kitchen that actually managed to stay open and fairly afloat the whole time and we're actually looking for new people um and also volunteer don't don't stop using your skills. I know a lot of chefs, they love cooking and they just have to cook. So go find a community project and, and help them cook food. I think that at the end of, of COVID, uh, those people who just have kept things on their CV are the people that will be the most employable in the future. That's great advice. Yeah, I think it's very easy to sit on your laurels and think, oh, it's the end of the world. I'll just sit here and wait for something to happen. But the truth is, there are the opportunities out there. That's yeah, really good advice. Thank you. What an amazing job that you've done. I mean, it's incredible and it's hugely inspirational. And um, we're really grateful that you're spending time to talk to us today. It's really incredible. Yeah, what you've done is amazing. Thank you, Kemi. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for listening. Let us know your thoughts and comments on today's topic. We look forward to you joining us in the next episode of Timothy Put the Cattell On, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. The coolest way to get through the summer heat is with a $69 AC tune-up from Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. $69 to make sure your air conditioning is working at peak cooling. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all, because when you focus only on heating and cooling for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. And summer heat is when Vernon can show you how good with their $69 AC tune-up. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. Online at vernonheating.com. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.